following message is presented by Fellowship Bible Church from its weekly pulpit ministry. We offer an expositional study through entire books of the Bible, one verse, paragraph, or chapter at a time. We pray that you'll be blessed by listening in. Thanks for visiting. Good morning. All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to FBC this morning. Fellowship Bible Church is open for business, and we're uh, glad to be here this morning. Our purpose this morning is to, as the Apostle Paul says, proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so we have the table set here. Uh, programming note, if you will, for those who are online, we will uh, continue the live stream up until the time we partake the elements, and then we will uh, turn the live stream off uh, as we believe that the Lord's table is a gathered church ordinance. And so we can't partake of it in a distributed fashion, uh, but we're glad that you can participate uh, and listen in to the message this morning. We're going to be um, hearing from Missionary Jack McMahon this morning, both services, and then again this evening. So he'll share uh, the word before we partake the elements of the table this morning. Okay, I'm going to invite Brother McMahon to come. Uh, many of us know him very well already. We'll have a fuller introduction later, but our purpose here is to, to worship Christ at the table. Thank you, brother. It's a great honor to be with you this morning and be able especially to worship with you like this and to partake of the Lord's table together. Uh, we, um, when we travel on furlough, it's kind of hit and miss, and every once in a while you'll You'll be together when a congregation is having Lord's table, but it's not real often. And so this is very special. And uh, when Pastor Matt mentioned that you'd be having the Lord's table this morning, it, it was uh, a joy in my heart to know that we could uh, gather together before the throne of the Lord and to, uh, to, to celebrate his wonderful victory on Calvary. Uh, if you open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, which is the key passage explaining the Lord's table. I'd like to just remind us again of uh, five key concepts pertaining to the Lord's table and a warning. I'd like to introduce it with uh, a missionary by the name of John Patton. Any of you ever heard of John Patton? He was a, he grew up in Scotland in a three bedroom or a three room cottage with his parents and ten other children. And the sound of his father's prayers made a powerful impression upon young John. He responded by an, to an appeal at the Scottish Reformed Church for missionaries to go to the South Pacific Islands. When he asked his parents for their advice, they told him that he had been dedicated to foreign missions before he was born. Patton sailed from Scotland on the 16th of April, 1858, arriving in New Hebrides, uh, which is now called Vanuatu, in November of 1858. There he worked in continual danger amongst cannibals. Quote, he said, they encircled us in a deadly ring, and one kept urging the other to strike the first blow. My heart rose up to the Lord Jesus. I saw him watching all the scene. My peace came back to me like a wave from God. I realized that my life was immortal till my master's work with me was done. The turning point came when Patton decided to dig a well to provide fresh water for the people. The islanders, terrified at bringing rain from below, uh, watched with deepest foreboding 
Patton dug deeper and deeper until finally at 30 feet he tapped into a stream of water. Opposition to his mission work ceased, and the wide-eyed islanders gave him their full respect. The chief, Mamoke, accepted Christ as Savior. Then a few others made the daring step. On October 24, 1869, nearly 11 years after his arrival, he led his first communion service. Twelve converted cannibals partook of the Lord's Supper. He said, quote, As I put the bread and wine into those hands, once stained with the blood of cannibalism, now stretched out to receive and partake the emblem of the Redeemer's love, I had a foretaste of the joy of glory that well nigh broke my heart to pieces. And that's what a wonderful thing about celebrating the Lord's table is it reminds us of the great work of our Redeemer and the price that he paid so that you and I could be here remembering this very wonderful event. My colleague, uh, Pink Davis, uh, has, a, has a little phrase that he used, and I've adopted it myself. I like it. He, he said, going that others may worship. Uh, we go out so that we can invite others to come and to worship the one who is truly worthy of all of our worship and all of our praise, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And this morning, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I'd like to read from verses 17 to 34. And uh, just see these key words, I think, that bring out very important concepts about the Lord's table. First of all, in verse uh, 17 to uh, verse 22, the Apostle Paul says, But in giving this instruction, I do not praise you, because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear the division exists among you. And in part, I believe it, for there must also be factions among you, so that those who are approved may become evident among you. Therefore, when you meet together, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper, for in your eating, each one takes his own supper first, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses in which to eat and drink? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this I will not praise you. And the first word I wanted to bring out is the word unification. The Lord's table is a time for the body of Christ to be united in the common salvation that we enjoy in Jesus Christ. It's not a time of division. The Lord's table is a place um, where there shouldn't be personality clashes. Uh, where you see here in um, verse 18, it talks about divisions existing among you. And we know in another part of Corinthians, um, we're saying, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, I am of Jesus. Paul says, that's not what the Lord's table is all about. We don't come to celebrate personalities. We don't come to make a show of men. We come to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. If he is central, if he is lifted up, There will be unity because the Spirit of God brings unity. The flesh brings division. The word faction is mentioned in verse 19. And uh, we get the word heresy from that, a faction or a cult or a sect where people form little groups and have little campaigns to promote some agenda. 
Uh, That is not the way of the Lord. The Lord Jesus desires his church to be unified. And in in fact, in John 17, his prayer to the Father is, Father, that they may be one as we are one. And truly, it's beautiful when the Lord's people gather together in unity to give full glory and praise to Jesus Christ. It is a wonderful thing. Secondly, another word I'd like to bring out is commemoration. So unification. Secondly, commemoration, verses 23 to 25. Again, continuing on, he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Commemoration. Uh, it's a commemoration, as Pastor Matt uh, mentioned, it's, it's not a sacrament. We do this in remembrance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are some who teach that when they gather together to partake of uh, the communion, that the body is the very, uh, becomes the, the, the actual body of Jesus Christ and the, and the cup becomes the actual blood of Jesus Christ called transubstantiation. But we don't believe that. Um, if that was the case, then that means that Christ would be perpetually offering himself up as a sacrifice. And that's a false teaching. Hebrews brings it out very clearly. I was actually going to assign you some verses and have you look them up in advance, and I neglected to do that. So if you would turn just for a moment to Hebrews, I want to show you this verse. Chapter 9 of Hebrews, verses 24 to 28. Verse 24 of Hebrews 9, For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor was it that he would offer himself often as the high priest enters the holy place year by year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, he would have needed to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now once at the consummation of the ages, he has been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment, so Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin for those who eagerly await him. Jesus died once. He doesn't have to repeat that because his sacrifice was completely accepted. It is finished, he said, as he accomplished his work on the cross. And so it's a commemoration. We come to remember uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, that these emblems that we partake are symbolic of the wonderful work that Christ did by shedding his blood on Calvary and by offering up his body as a sacrifice.
A third word is the word proclamation in chapter 26, uh, verse 26. Notice it says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So a, a proclamation is a statement of your faith. It's a statement of what you believe. And as we gather together, in a sense, we're making a proclamation that we believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that he rose again, and he's coming again. And every time we partake of the Lord's table, we're, we're, we're reminded of that. Uh, just as was read in Luke, uh, Jesus says, I will not eat of this bread or drink of this cup until I do it again with you in my Father's kingdom. That's a wonderful an- anticipation as we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So it is a, it's a proclamation. It's not a ritual. It's not something that we go through just to get it over with, some kind of thing that we do out of habit. It's, it's, it's doing it because we want to remember the Lord Jesus Christ. In New Zealand, we have uh, Anzac Day. It's kind of similar to, I guess, Memorial Day here where we celebrate those who, who died in serving the Lord, or serving the Lord, but in serving the country, and uh, going to battle and, and fighting so that we might have our freedoms. In New Zealand, we call it Anzac Day, which stands for the Arm, um, Australia-New Zealand Army Corps, and uh, they celebrate their uh, military people. And it, there's a lot of passion that goes on. People get up really early. It's before dawn. They'll get up, they'll go, and they'll listen to the uh, bugle uh, play, and then they will stand at attention. There'll be some, some things read and some memories going on, and there's so much passion. Our neighbors are military people in, in the street that we live on, and uh, they really go all out with the decorations, uh, you know, the flag and thing in their windows and stuff, and just reminding themselves of the importance of remembering those who paid for our freedom. How much greater is it to remember the one who bought our freedom, our true freedom, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ? What, you know, how could we ever forget? But sometimes we do. We could let it slip, and that's why the Lord says, I want you to do this in remembrance of me, to commemorate what I've accomplished The word anticipation is in verse 26 also. We do proclaim the Lord's death until when? He comes. So every time we partake of the Lord's table, we're also reminded that he's coming again, that he will not uh, stay away permanently, just as he came the first time, and many prophecies in the Old Testament declare that. So there are many prophecies that declare his second coming. And... I'm excited about, about his return. I, I like what Warren Wiersbe says. I'm not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the uppertaker. <laughs> and, of course, uh, Warren Wiersbe, I think he expected to be raptured before he died, but the Lord took him that other way. But uh, we still look forward. Any day the Lord could return, perhaps today. And so as we partake of the Lord's table, there's that anticipation that Jesus himself Proclaimed, I'm coming again. We celebrate that. Another uh, word that I'd like to bring out from here is examination. 
verses 27 to 29 of chapter 11. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat the bread and drink the cup. For he who eats the eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord, so that we will not be condemned along with the world. And so there's a an admonition here that the Lord's table is a serious thing. It's not to be taken lightly. It's an opportunity for us to come and to search our own hearts. There's the hymn that was uh, written, Search me, O God, and, and know my heart today. Try me, O Savior. See if there's any wicked way in me. You sing that song here? That was actually written uh, in New Zealand. Uh, the 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 tune is a Maori tune. The Maoris are the, the native uh, New Zealanders. And uh, that's a Maori tune. The man who wrote it, I can't remember his name right. Anybody recall his name? There we go. James Edwin Orr. He was in New Zealand. And he was at a conference. And we've been to that conference ground. We've had many of our family camps when we were in Auckland, in Narawahia, where that conference ground is. And while he was there, the Lord... Uh, enabled him to write the words to that uh, chorus and put it to a Maori tune. And it's been a a mainstay in the churches uh, to this day. And so that goes very appropriately with this thought here, search me, O God. And that's what the Lord's table is all about. It's a time for us to come before the Lord honestly, not to search our, our brother or our sister, but to search our own hearts. Lord, what about me? You know, remember at the Last Supper, there was a searching going on because Jesus says, one of you will betray me. And all of them searched their own hearts. None of them pointed over at Judas and said, it must be you. They said, is it me, you know, Lord? And, and we need to search our own hearts that we might transact a proper relationship with the Lord. Search me, O God, and know my heart. And then there's a warning in verses 30 down to verse 34, where he says, For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep or have passed away physically. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. God has not appointed us to wrath that belong to Jesus Christ. But you know, He will discipline his children. He won't condemn us because Jesus Christ took our condemnation. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But there is discipline. And in this case, it was sickness and in some cases physical death for those who did not regard the Lord's table in a proper manner, who did not take it in the way that it should be taken. And so... This warning uh, needs to be heeded, not to be treated lightly, because to 
To do this in an unworthy manner is to be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord uh, from not discerning properly what it all means and the purpose of it all. So the Lord's table is called communion. Baptism shows our union with Christ. The Lord's table shows our communion with Christ. Baptism is one time. If you're a believer and you're baptized, you don't have to get baptized every week or every second week or every year. It just shows your union. It's, I like to use the symbol of a wedding ring for baptism. Baptism doesn't save a person. Baptism is just an indicator that the person has trusted Jesus Christ and he's putting on the wedding ring, so to speak. Communion, though, is often. We have communion regularly with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so these two um, great memorials that the Lord's given us, these uh, things are opportunities for us to show our relationship with the Lord and remembering uh, his death until he comes. Someone put it this way, we look outward when we come together We look upward in remembrance of the Lord, and we look inward when we examine ourselves. So there's an outward look in the fact that we're all together in unity to worship the Lord. We look upward to be reminded of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we look inward to examine our own hearts. These are really important concepts to remember as we go to partake of the Lord's table. And I want to read those verses again that Pastor read earlier, Luke chapter 22, 15, uh, 16, 17, and 18. And he said unto them, with desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. You know, I kind of visualize the Lord here this morning saying, you know, with desire, I desire to partake of this with you. As you reflect upon him and his great work on the cross, the Lord Jesus is here as well. His Holy Spirit is here. And he's beholding what transpires in his church. And it's his great desire, I believe, to be uh, here this morning also as we desire to be with him. Verse 16, for I say unto you, I will not eat any more. I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. When we ultimately reach home, I can't wait to get home. Uh, Those of you might have heard that my brother just passed away last month. He couldn't wait because he got saved when he was 73 years old after heart surgery. He realized God gave him a second opportunity and he was born again. And you could tell the difference. We'd talk on the phone I'd call him from New Zealand, and he wanted to talk about salvation. He wanted to know about our mother. Did she know the Lord? He wanted to know about heaven and more about the Lord Jesus Christ, and it was so exciting. Our relationship just changed, and he, he, he just looked forward to heaven. He, he says, I pray. He said, I go to the cross every day. I pray. I pray for you. I pray for my family, and uh, I just thank the Lord for how he is saving people, and it gives us that blessed hope of being with Jesus Christ. Verse 17 says, And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, This 
take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And I just want to leave you with those thoughts as we continue um, worshiping the Lord in this great, great memorial of the Lord's table.